Welcome to the Relationship for Win Win podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. And we've been married for 25 amazing years. Well, they haven't all been amazing, to be honest, babe. That's true. And we have four awesome kids. We do. And we love them so much. And babe, I love you. And we're just trying to share some things that we've learned about life. Uh, We're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not counselors. We're not professionals. But we have lived life a little bit. And we hope to share some things with you that are beneficial. So thanks for listening. We are so glad that you tuned in today to be with us. Um, We've got a great topic, we think, uh, to talk about. And it's one that probably we all, if you've been married for any period of time, have dealt with and have thought about about changing your partner, right? I want to change my partner. My partner's got to change. Well, one of the things we're going to talk about today is that if you really want to work on changing your partner, it really works on you changing you. So if you want to change your partner, you really got to change you. So, and I'm going to be honest with this. Not that we haven't in our other podcast. Whenever <laughs> someone's, I'm going to be honest. It's like, really, you haven't been honest before? But um, this is a concept that, babe, you have really done so much better with and it has probably saved our marriage than anything. And I'm, I'm proud of you. And I think that our listeners are going to find a lot of great benefit today as we get real and talk about some things with that. So tell us about how this whole concept, that how we learned this. Because, th- again, this was not something that we have been doing for 25 years. It yeah. started a few years ago. So Right. And I, I mean, it seems obvious, like you can't change your spouse, even though we really want to. But... For me, what happened was I had gone to therapy. I think it was my first session um, with Emil. And I was telling him my story and just how devastated I was. And my husband has moved out. And I was filing for divorce. My life is falling apart, everything that I knew. And I really wanted to put all the blame on Kevin. And Emil said, Jennifer, This is what I want you to do tonight for your homework. I want you to write 101 reasons why you failed at your marriage. And I was pissed off. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Did you hear anything I just told you about what my husband was doing, all the awful things that are going on, all the hurt? I was feeling, you know, the world as I knew it was falling apart. And you want me to write things that I've done wrong. And he said, yes. And so I thought about it, and I went home. And as I did at that time, I usually woke up at 2 or 3 in the morning. And all of a sudden, it just hit me like floodgates. And I started realizing, I just started looking inside of myself and thinking, wow, you're right. There's a lot of things I wish I would have done. So I pulled up those emails today. It was painful. But I'm going to share some of the things I wrote. I never actually got to 101. I think I maybe got to 50. And I would send Kevin five a day. And I'm going to tell you, when the first time that you sent that to me in an email, you, you gave that whole background. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, and I might have even talked to you about this and, and said, Jennifer, you cannot do that. I think I was pissed at our counselor, too, to say, yeah. you can't put this on yourself and you responded back and said, no, this is actually becoming therapeutic for me in a weird way. And I was like, wow. So I remember as you started sending these to me, I wept. Like I literally wept because for the first time, I felt like that I was being heard as your husband. It's like, yeah, these were things 
that I wish we could have talked about or I wish you would have done or whatever. And all of a sudden it just, it just validated everything. And I just wept and bawled and I felt hurt and broken. And I mean, it was just a, it was a wonderful, terrible experience but now it has made our marriage so much better. Now the first thing that I think that we do when we look at changing the marriage, I think we look inside first and say, wait a minute, what do I got to change here before I'm like, oh, let me go change my spouse. And we do that at counseling sessions, right? We sit down and say, counselor, tell this person why they're wrong and an evil person and what they need to do to change. Instead, imagine how beautiful it is when say, let me look inside and what part do I play in this? And that's exactly what you did. And I'm telling you, because of that, babe, we're here today sharing this with our listeners. So take it away. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to share all of them, but I thought um, I would share a few. I said, I wish I would have been more open when we were having a discussion and not gone into my shell for fear I would say the wrong thing or that you would get mad. Instead, I would have owned my feelings and defended them, but I didn't. Yeah. And and I can remember with that, that was such a critical thing for us because when we would have discussions— I called it like the tennis match. I'm like, I would knock the ball over the net and you would not have a response back. You would just kind of sit in the shell, not say anything. And I'm like, there's like 7,000 balls on your side of the net and not one back on mine. Like you've got nothing to say, but you had to analyze. Well, you were probably in a weakened spot, didn't know what to share, whatever. But like when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want a strong woman. I want this woman that can hit the ball back over the net. And you just nailed it when you said that. And I was like, wow, that was so powerful. Thank you. And I wanted to be that strong woman. I just was stuck. I was sure. I was lost at that time. I wish I would have greeted you at the garage door every day when you came home from a long, hard day of work to support our family and give you a hug and a kiss and tell you thank you for providing for our family. But I didn't. I wish I would have knelt in prayer. Well, every- let's just say oh, yeah. that really fast. Yeah. I wept again when I read that. I mean, there was a lot of tears, man. I mean, I, I, mean, I was like, wow. Um, that's probably dehydrated from crying. I, I'm not exaggerating. It, it, was, it was a guttural cry reading that one because what I wanted, and I think what a lot of men want, is they want to feel appreciated in a relationship. They want to feel that their spouse notices their actions and behaviors. And instead of we come home and it's just like, Oh, good, you're home. Like, well, can you cook dinner and can you take, run the kids to there? And you're just like, can I just get a little love? Like, can't you just tell me, like, way to go? Like, you know, mm-hmm. slap me on the ass and tell me, like, great day, way to go kill it. Like, you brought home the paycheck, like, way to go. And now you do that. Like, I, you know, we get our paycheck in and you'll take a picture <laughs> of it or I'll tell you how much I get paid for the month and you'll send, like, you know, double thumbs up or hallelujah or it's raining money, like, you know, emojis you send to me. And I feel that, and I go back to that moment, is that you do that, and you acknowledge that, and that was a beautiful thing that's connected us, and you acknowledge that, so thank you. Uh, and it was something simple. Anyone could do this. It's it's not that hard. Um, I wish I would have knelt in prayer every night next to you by our bed and heard the good and bad things about your day, so I would know what you needed, but I didn't. Yeah, that was powerful, too. I wish I would have laughed more at myself and not taken myself so seriously, but I didn't. And let me tell you that right there, <laughs> like you are like so good at that now. Like it is so awesome because it used to be like you could say something about anything, cooking, uh, 
a, a clothing item, something on you've spilled on whatever it was, you would take offense to that. And now you lean into it and laugh and like you just own stuff. And it's really fun. It's fun to be around that versus someone that's like, oh my god, Overly gosh. sensitive. Right. It was. It was just. And that's okay. But here's the beautiful thing about that is to say you acknowledge that, took ownership of it, and worked on correcting it. And now, like, you're a shit ton of fun. Like, you know, we can – you can laugh at yourself. Like, you giggle and laugh at yourself more than, like, I've ever seen. And I'm just like, that is so fun to do that and not be so uptight or think, like, oh, my gosh, maybe if we don't acknowledge this, maybe my husband doesn't notice Mm-hmm. that this happens. Instead, you just kind of own it, and it's just it's really fun. Okay, this is going to be a favorite of yours. Oh. I wish I would have gone to hotels more and had amazing hotel sex to build our relationship and feel closer to each other when life got busy and crazy, but I didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, enough said right there, right? Uh, but it, but it's true. We used to say, like, like man, like, damn, like, hotel sex, it's like, you know, you're at home. It's like the best sex, right? Sure, because it's, it's like at home, you're like, are the kids going to come in? We got kids coming and going. It's like, you got to keep it down, uh, whatever. You go to a hotel, and it's like, you're like a whole nother woman. It's, you're just like, it's like, yeah. It's a, and, and I remember one time, I think you said, you're like, why didn't we do this more? Again, if you listen to our last podcast, we talked about how would you treat a, you know, your spouse different, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're like, as a boyfriend or girlfriend, you, know, you might go to a hotel and you're like, why didn't we just do that in our marriage more? Like, why couldn't you just block out time in your schedule? Or a hotel you? is so much cheaper than a divorce. Oh, <laughs> so much cheaper than a divorce, right? <laughs> and much more fun. Much more fun. So I, I look at that as to say you have explored different things sexually and to say, like, I can be more relaxed with this. And that's been huge. Mm-hmm. And the last one I'm going to share is I wish I would have let you helped me eat better and not gotten defensive because I felt insecure about my body. Instead, realize you loved me and just wanted to help and support me, but I didn't. And I think that that was huge for me because my body image, um, I think that is one of the biggest changes that I've made is to love my body and love me where I'm at instead of thinking, oh, I can only like myself when I weigh a certain amount or when I look a certain way and... For me, that's been one of the greatest gifts of doing this, among everything else. But I really realized that you're, we were on the same team. Yeah. You, weren't, you weren't against me, but I was treating you like you were not on my team. Yeah, I didn't want to be the food police. It's yeah. like, really? You're another Twinkie? Like, which you never did. But like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I just think letting your guard down, letting um, know, like, you're just trying to help me reach my goals that I'd already set for myself, that I already wanted. But for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I don't want Kevin to know that I'm trying to lose weight. But really, it's been so much more freeing and so much more fun and helpful if we can all be working together. Yeah, right. We're pulling together with all of that. And so, babe, and you look beautiful. You look amazing. And I think you're gorgeous. And I think you feel pretty about yourself, right? And and so now you come to me in a confident way and say, hey, will you help me to not do blank? And I'm like, sure. Uh, they bring around the dessert menu. We don't feel like having a dessert that night. Then I'm not going to say, hey, watch me eat this you know, double chocolate cake. You're like, Can you help me? And I sit there and think, you know what? That That's not going to be a big help to you. So let me just go eat that in the closet. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just be like, let, let me just not you know, get that tonight. And I'm okay with that as opposed to. 
you know, working against each other. Yeah. And at the last thing about this list, I just think um, if you can look inside of you and think none of these things are something that Kevin wanted and I didn't, they were all things that as I thought, I wanted that too, but for whatever reason, I wasn't doing them and I wasn't showing up. I wasn't the wife that I wanted to be. And so I really had to dig down deep and think, who do I want to be? And if it wasn't with Kevin, for someone else. So this is when I started my journey of really trying to find who I was and realizing I can't change Kevin, nor do I want to change him. But I can look at me and look at things that I want to change about myself. And as I did that, we started changing. Yeah, because you became the best version of yourself that you wanted to be. You bring that to the table. So guess what? I want to be the best version of me that I can be, right? I want to step up to be with you in that regard, and that's amazing. Um, otherwise, you know, when when I was kind of going through this, and I like to call it my walkabout, um, <laughs> but, you know, I look at that as to say, talk to a lot of other people that maybe have been divorced, and I think that they probably had to have a realization of this too, is to say, I'm either bringing these same traits and characteristics to a new relationship or I'm going to have to go change them. So again, it's a lot easier to change them in your existing relationship and be the person you want to truly be, right, in that regard as much as you possibly can. And and by changing, by you changing, it automatically changes our situation. Has to, right? right? I mean, right. think about this simply like what if you're like, I don't want to yell in a relationship anymore. Okay, well, it's going to be pretty awkward if you're not going to go yell and I'm just the only one yelling. Like eventually I'm not going to yell either because you're not yelling. So it changes the whole dynamic. If you change, the other person changes as well. So, well, we were going to look for things for me to change and we couldn't find any. And so I'm just kidding. I've got so many, like we could be here for hours, but I I highlighted five also that I thought um, have helped us. The first one was, I, I think I had to look at like how I talked to you um, to be kinder, to be sweeter, to be gentler, to try to be empathetic of like, I, I truly didn't realize like how hard it was to be a mother and to be a stay-at-home mother for all those years. I had no idea. So I would like talk to like, well, why couldn't you just uh, take care of the house and whatever it was, you know, it's like, and so uh, I needed to be more empathetic to you. And I tried to, and I, and I probably still fail. I'm still working on that. But that was one thing that I realized that I needed to. Yeah. And I think you learned instead of focusing on all the things I didn't get accomplished that day, just highlighting all the things I did do. And therefore that made me happier. And then it made me think, oh, you know, I had the energy to do more. Yeah. As opposed to think, uh, I then I was dwelling on everything negative too, and so focusing on all the positive just helped tremendously. Yeah, and and you know it's kind of interesting when we're alone with ourselves. Like I would talk to myself candidly for years. I would talk to myself and find all the things that you did wrong, mm-hmm. and I just reinforced that in my head all the time. And I don't think I meant to. I just think that I I started like cut that into my brain. Like that was the trail that like my mind just kind of kept going down. And um, I'm working on saying, why don't I just cut the trail that says like, look, let me focus on things you do great. Cause you do so many great things. Why was I focusing on the three? 
and I just played them over and over and over and over again in my head. And then you can find somebody else to think, oh, they don't do those three things, you know, or you can just look at those three and be miserable in your relationship because like, why does that person do that? So how I talk to you is one. Two, I thought this concept and I'm, and I'm still working on it and babe, you helped me like print this up and put it on my mirror, but learning the fact that thoughts lead to actions and actions lead to behaviors and then behaviors lead to lifestyle. So what I mean by that is, is just what I was just talking about. What if I think I want to go, you know, please my wife and be the best husband? Or what if I think about what can I do today to make my wife better or happier, make our relationship better, be a better dad, be a better worker, whatever it is. If you think of that, then your actions follow. And if you do enough of those actions over time, it just becomes a natural behavior. And if you rack up enough natural behaviors that you've just done it long enough, that's your lifestyle. And so what I did is I went into the future to say, what lifestyle do I want us to have? How do I want our relationship to look like? And I wanted to have one that I'm in love with you, that we have dreams and goals. And I was like, okay, let me go back then to say, what are my behaviors to get us there? What are my actions getting there? And then what are my thoughts? Right. And so I had, I had to like kind of reconfigure that. And by doing so, it's kind of beginning with the end in mind. I mean, that's Stephen R. Covey's principles to begin with the end in mind. And so I had to re-engineer that. Love it. Love it. Number three, I am a conditional lover. I was with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I had to learn how to unconditionally love you. And it wasn't like, well, just love me no matter what. Like it. <laughs> It was, I don't even know how to say this really, but it, it, but it was like, I had expectations for you. And if they weren't met, then maybe I didn't love you as much or whatever it was. But like to truly just say, you know what? I just love you right where you're at and let me support you where you're at. And I can see your trajectory is good and you're trying instead of having some conditional love based upon whatever thing I thought in my head that would warrant love. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think I think that's normal. I, I'm sure there are a lot of men and women in the world that have that. They might not admit to it, but um, if you can, you know, figure that out and realize how unhealthy and it like almost creates the opposite thing of what you're wanting. Because when you love someone unconditionally, they rise to the occasion of what they want. And what you are wanting. Yeah. And, and the, usually, the, yeah, I, I think so. And the last two concepts kind of go along with that unconditional love is that one, I, um, I can be, I was really critical. Mm-hmm. I was critical of you. Again, my thought speech would be like all the things you didn't do. Right. You know, and I, and again, I'm working all this. I, I wish, I wish that I was like a, a light, you know, just went off in my head and I flipped the switch and changed. But I think hopefully you notice a difference with me that I'm better, but it would be being critical. And it's interesting. I wouldn't be critical of people at work and I'm not critical of our kids. I'm not critical of friends, but I'd be critical of you. It's like I held you to a different standard somehow. And when that didn't get met, I thought, let me just pick this apart a little bit. I married wrong. I'm whatever the, whatever the thought was. And I just thought that's terrible. So instead I try to focus on all of your amazing, wonderful qualities and just say, hey, dude, 
you've got issues too. Like, as a matter of fact, your issues are 5 billion times worse than your wife's minor issue that she's got. And so not to be critical in the last and one. I, yeah. And with the critical, I think for me, I'm strong enough that I can call you out on it. Yes. And I will say, wait a second. Right. You know, and before I would just let you say it yeah. and not say anything. Yeah. But now I'm in a different position because I've changed myself and become more confident. And so I can I can call you out on it help you see maybe the other side of it or whatever, and it can become a healthy conversation as opposed to unhealthy. I agree. And it's sexy, right? To have like a like a strong woman like that. It's like, that's awesome. I love it on the other side that you're that way. And the last one, it kind of goes along that, but, but not judging or comparing um, is to say, you know what, like, and here's what's crazy. I do this with myself, right? And maybe we all do this with ourselves. But like we compare maybe one of our weaknesses with somebody else's strengths. Like, uh, I'm not as good a golfer as so-and-so that golfs three times a day, six days a week. Or I can't cook as good as so-and-so. Or I'm not as tall as so-and-so. I'm not as good looking as so-and-so. I don't have as much money as so-and-so. You compare your weaknesses to their strengths. And so I, I think that, well, I know that I did that, was that I would judge you versus like, well, so-and-so down the street uh, she seems to be able to uh, get her kids to school on time and everyone's got straight A's and they teach Chinese on the weekends and they, you know, she makes a home cooked meal every night from scratch and she's an amazing baker and she vacuums the carpet every day with lines in it. Like, why can't you do that? You know? And so I, I realized just to say that's them. And I have no idea what goes on in their house and what their marriage looks like and who they are on the inside, they might be miserable or their marriage might be miserable or it could be amazing. I don't know. But I think, you know what? Judging doesn't get us anywhere. And it's really probably, it's a tool probably, uh, if, if you believe in the devil or the adversary, whatever. I mean, it's probably a tool of that. It's to say, it just beats you down. And you can never win that game. You can never win that. So to, to quit judging you, quit criticizing you, quit having some negative thought, unconditionally loving you, those things. I was like, I had to learn and am learning those. But the bottom line is this. If if you can go in your relationship and if you're thinking, man, my spouse better change. Well, I'm out of here. <laughs> what would you say to that, babe? Well, you're in a lose-lose situation because that's not going to get you any leverage at all. It's just going to create anger and frustration and resentment. So really how to fix your marriage if you are struggling in your marriage or how to have a better marriage, even if, you know, you have a B marriage to make it an A marriage, really look inside of you and say, what are some things that I could do better? Or I've noticed that, you know, my spouse's maybe mentioned, or what are some things that I can do? Do I want to do those? Think about that first. Don't just do them because they want you to do it. Right. Think about it. Say, do I really want that? If you do, then work on it. Get some help. Read a book. Listen to a podcast. There Talk are so people. many resources out there. And I think the more vulnerable you can be and maybe ask your spouse, say, hey, next time if it's criticism or judgment, next time I am this way, will you call me out on it so we can maybe do a do-over? Right. <laughs> and really, uh, maybe we can discuss it because maybe I'm not aware of it, but at least become aware of it. I think awareness is key to beginning to change. Because if we're not aware of what we're doing, right or wrong, we cannot change. And so you have to become aware of it first. And if two people really turn together and figure out what part 
do I play in this? And it can be, I mean, babe, you, you did this greater than I did. You got deep down, you know, introspection, turning it inside out, examining things to deep levels of yourself. Painful, but worth it. And, oh, totally and- worth it. And so, yeah, so I would, I would do it again in a second. It was so worth it. Even if my outcome hadn't been to save my marriage, I would still say I'm so grateful for the changes I made because I like myself better. I am a better person because of it. But the bonus is, yes, we were able to save our marriage and have a better marriage than we've ever had. And and this is why I call you Jennifer (laughs) 2.0. It's Jen 2.0 that you just heard that. So everybody, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Please like us on Facebook and Instagram. Share this with your friends and family. Hopefully they can benefit from this as well. Again, we don't have this whole thing figured out at all, but we just hope to be able to share some of the little tidbits that we've learned. Remember, we promised to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. 